Hello and welcome to Burnley Youth Theatre's podcast, Our People, Our Place, Our Future. The podcast is going to be all about collecting reflections and revelations from the past 50 years of people who have made the organisation what it is today. Burnley Youth Theatre is a registered charity and we'd love your support by coming to watch one of our shows. If you're a young person under 18, by coming to join one of our groups or up to 25 if you have additional needs. Or maybe you could give us a small donation that would make a massive difference to get our incredible theatre work out to people all over the Lancashire region. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Reflections and Revelations podcast. Uh, My name is Matthew Baker and I'm the Programme Engagement Manager here at Burnley Youth Theatre and I'm really excited today because I have somebody who um, is uh, an integral part of the organisation at the moment and I'm here to talk to him though today about what it was like to be a participant. So could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Jake. Uh, I'm currently working as Burnley Youth Theatre's Administrator Um, as well as delivering on some parts of the core programme. Perfect, Jay. Now, a lot of people will know you from, um, you know, demanding um, money (laughs) for uh, (laughs) for sweets and things like that. But um, I think your story is really important to tell. So first of all, can you just tell us when did you first join Burnley Youth Fitter? Yes, so uh, September of this year marked my 11 years. Uh, So it was September 2011 that I joined. Wow. So you've been here for over a fifth of the time that BYT has existed. I have, and a lot more than a fifth of my life. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to getting to that. So um, why did you join the youth theatre then? What, what, why did um, you join it? That's quite a funny story. Um, I joined because my mum always used to say that I was too dramatic. I'm not sure if you've ever noticed. <laughs> um, and she was like, you just need to go somewhere where you can just be dramatic. Um, so she, my uncle um, attended here himself. Uh, he was Pip's best friend. Oh, wow. Um, so my uncle was the one who stepped Pip into the organisation. Uh, so my mum did the same with me. Wow, so what's the name of your uncle then? Uh, so he's called Adrian, Adrian Sutcliffe. So he went to school with Pip uh, and he joined BYT and then he brought Pip along with him. Amazing. And just for day. people who don't know Pip, yeah. uh, who, who is Pip? Because he's also quite important <laughs> in the organisation, I suppose. Uh, yeah, so Pip is one of uh, our workshop leaders who's been here um, for a very long time. He knows a lot about the organisation and um, he's just got such an experience that um, he loves to pass on to everyone and everyone just really loves learning from him. That's amazing. That's amazing. So I've heard that you were in the 2016 version of Wizard of Oz. Is that yeah, right? I was, yes, yeah. Right, okay. So <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited to learn about this because we've put on Wizard of Oz a couple of times and this is the first in a series of podcasts about Wizard of Oz through the ages. Mm-hmm. So we've got one version in 1982 and then the next version isn't to 2016. Yeah. And then I'm directing it here this year, 2022. So what was it like to audition for Wizard of Oz back then? It was really the the actual audition process I don't remember much about and I think that's because I did a lot of auditions at BYT <laughs> but I just remember there being so many people I think because our Christmas shows are so much bigger and it was the same this year but there were so many people at the audition and I think it was the first Christmas show that I'd auditioned for it's not the first one I'd worked on but it's the first one I'd auditioned for so it was very daunting because oh, um, wow. it's kind of just as yeah I was like really into my performing at BYT then and I was like really in the thick of um, 
my acting time at BYT. So it was kind of, it was all people that I knew, but there was just lots and lots of people. Ah, okay. So that's really interesting. So you felt super nervous. I mean, do, do you feel nervous about auditioning for things now or, or do you think that process helped you in any way? Um, it, it helped. Like my whole time at BYT has helped with every aspect of my presentation and my confidence, but I just, yeah, I'm a very nervous person. Auditions still don't me forever. <laughs> so that's amazing. So you would say that BYT has really sort of helped your confidence, and, and oh. so would you say that that's true? Or? Absolutely, yeah. Even through, like, the idea of even working in a customer service role used to absolutely daunt me, and then BYT gave me my first one. So, I mean, it has helped. I mean... Honestly. I, I wouldn't know that you, you ever felt unconfident. So I, ju- I just think that's so interesting, especially for anybody who's younger who's listening who might be in the beginning of their youth theatre journey yeah. or even some older people. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really interesting to know that. Okay, right. So what role did you get in Wizard of Oz? Uh, Tell us. So I was one of the storytellers. Um, so our version was a little bit... Uh, we didn't take it exactly from the scripts like you have done this year. Um, we, we devised the script ourselves. Um, so it's a little bit contemporary, um, a little bit out of the ordinary, um, a little bit abstract in some places. So we, I was um, one of the storytellers from one of the, the good witches' sides. Wow. Yeah, a lot to unpick there, wasn't there? Yeah, so let, let, yeah, let's just take a step back. So first of all, for people who don't know what devised theatre is, what, yeah. what do you mean when you say you devised it? Uh, so we, we took the story of The Wizard of Oz, and so we all got assigned roles, uh, and then it was our job to take the scene breakdown that we've been given and create the scenes ourselves. Uh, so we, pretty big job for a big performance. Um, wow. Like there was Devos in it. It was very, very full on to do, uh, but very rewarding because once it was done, it was like we've created this whole piece of theatre just being given a storyline. Oh, so interesting, like, so it really was written, sort of rewritten by the young people at the time. Oh, completely, yeah. And I remember at the time, it it was quite taken away from the main story, but it still was The Wizard of Oz, if that makes sense. Oh. Um, and I think that's just kind of, BYT puts a little spin on everything, and I think that was just how how we wanted to do it at the time. And it, it really worked out, I think. Um, and I remember we used, to, we used to go off in a little group, there was five of us storytellers, and the devising process was just so amazing because we, we were all friends and we all just balanced off each other completely. It was great. Yeah, I was going to ask you, did you make any friends over the process? Or? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, the, the whole... Like, I always find this with BYT shows that I was in. The whole cast was always friends. And I think there are still people that I talk to now. It's kind of... Um, someone who is still one of my best friends now, that's kind of where we... Not where we met, but where our friendship really took off doing The Wizard of Oz. Wow, so you met your best friend yeah, yeah. doing the show. Yeah. That's amazing. I just, I, I just really want to get over to people who listen to the podcast how embedded, like, BYT is in, in Burnley's community mm-hmm. and, and what amazing things kind of sprout from it. And she isn't part of the organisation anymore. She moved on um, quite a long time ago, but not a week goes by, I don't see her, so... Big impact. <laughs> That's absolutely amazing. Um, it just, it just stories like that, which is so important to save and, and to tell here on the podcast. So um, have you got a funny story maybe that you could share for uh, our listeners? Um, probably somewhere in the back of my mind, let's have a think. Um, I always remember at the time, so the director, um, 
at the time when she did it, very heavily pregnant. Okay. Yeah, so she was, after, just after she finished the, the Wizard of Oz, she went off to have a baby. She didn't come back to work um, afterwards. And I think just that whole dynamic of um, kind of, not the, not the most stress that everyone was under, but it added, like, it added a layer that I've never really experienced before. Because um, it was like, this, this woman could go and have a baby any moment and we've still got to put on, the show must go on. <laughs> wow, I love that. So, I mean, like, less of a funny memory, but, but like, it, you know, like, it's sort of, what I love about youth theatre is just like, it sort of creates stakes for the young people so they can experience that. So, yeah. do you... What, and how, I just, how do you think that affected do you i don't know how how's that affect because it just to uh, explain it you're at you're at university now studying yes, drama yeah, aren't yeah, you? yeah so yeah just maybe expand upon how how an experience like that which sounds quite stressful was is that useful or did it just remain stressful well it kind of added <laughs> it did add like a comedic layer to it in a way because for a role just as kids do like met time with the idea of um it all but I think kind of really showing that resilience of um being a director and that when you are committed to what you do and you like what you do you just stick to it even when life throws its curveballs at you <laughs> I absolutely I absolutely love that answer it's amazing right okay uh, next what was the biggest challenge in acting in the show for you um I think <laughs> so the, the biggest challenge by far was I, I actually, the day before the show, uh, lost a loved one that I was really close to. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so it was the Sunday. We were performing on the Monday. It was the Sunday morning. Um, and I woke up to the news uh, that she had passed. And I had to... That was about 8 o'clock in the morning. I had to get up and be here for 10. So I think that and then having to go to a full performance week was pretty full on. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I didn't really... I, didn't, I don't think I told anyone at the time because I was just like... The show is, the show's gonna happen, regardless. So I might as well just. Yeah. Wow, I, I mean, there's um, that's um. Thank you so much for sharing with no, us, no. listeners, okay. and I, th- I think it's amazing that you went and, and did the show. How incredible! Um, do you think looking looking back on it, do you do you feel those li- events kind of, how how does that work for you in your memory? I suppose. I think. Because I had the show, I think, and I had something to focus on, it did really help. Because I wasn't sat at home having to deal with all of the family things that were going on, and I could just channel my energy into something else. And I think when I look back in my head, there's still two completely separate memories. And I think that's good that it didn't, not one stepped into the other. It helped at the time, but looking back, I'm able to reflect on them differently. Yeah, wow. I I just think... One, I think it's incredible that as a young person you were so dedicated to the show, but you are right, because a, a lot of young people obviously struggle with mental health yeah. sort of challenges and, and, and um, their well-being. It's so interesting that you chose to come to the show, and I think, do you think there's anything there that you could sort of, I suppose anything you could pass on to young people now about how maybe doing theatre and can help your mental health maybe i think so and it was for me it was being surrounded by people that i was doing something that i loved and i think that is what helped me the most and i think that that is something that theatre gives you that 
something else that other hobbies don't because you are mm. you're concentrated with a group of people for for so long and in such an intimate way that mm. you develop relationships that you don't get in in other ways it's so interesting that you said that because i think um i actually think that might be a really sort of byt and and make, like specific thing yeah, yeah like because i think actually sometimes some what what's somebody who doesn't come to a youth fit like BYT sort of has an assumption that it can be a little bit stage momsy, a little oh, bit competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. could you could you just say it's sort of like, because I think that might be the assumption of some people, how do you think that BYT sort of, does it defeat that myth? Or because you've kind of inferred there, it sort of does. I think so, because I think BYT is, is so much more than putting children on stage to go and be famous and have a career. BYT is more about a journey and you starting when you arrive and developing into whatever you want to go on and do. Like BYT has helped me decide what career I wanted, has given me the training for my career and has given me a job that's paid off from that training. And I think that was the path that I chose. It's not about putting people on stage on the West End. Wow. Could you just explain that journey a little bit just for people? Because yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. like, um, our listeners, I'm sure, would love to know, like, how how that... Um, because uh, you, you're you in your early 20s, aren't you, Jake? I'm correct Nearly. there. Nearly. Nearly. Yeah. Yes, you're 19. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it was, it was just almost that, of course, you seem very mature. <laughs> um, dot, dot, dot. Um, but, yeah, could you just explain that journey for our listeners just yeah. so they get a sense of it, yeah? Yeah, so I started at Burnley Theatre when I was... Uh, so it was 2011, so it had just been my eighth birthday. Um, so I was here as participant um, and solely as participant for about, until probably about the first year of high school. Uh, that's when I started stepping into more voluntary roles, doing um, bits of delivery, uh, helping in the workshops and um, working front of house. Uh, and then when I was in my last year of school, that was when I got my first paid role at BYT, which was when the role that you would have met me in my mm-hmm. front of house role. Um, I did that for, um, so um, it was it's just as the pandemic hit. So I did it over the pandemic. Um, and then at the start of this year, I did a, a training programme in which I assisted directed a production, which was Jekyll and Hyde, um, which was kind of the first bit of delivery that I'd ever really done. Mm. Um, and then fast forward to present day, um, I stepped into a new role here over the summer uh, as administrator and I now work um, with our Connect sessions um, which specialise in helping young people with uh, additional needs in workshops. And you're also at university as well aren't you? I'm also at university yeah <laughs> quite full on yeah so I'm at university in Leeds three days a week. Absolutely amazing F- yeah. thanks, for, thanks for sharing us that with our with our listeners because I think it's it's just just the uh just the amount that BYT has like affected your life. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. just like, and it's I never really wanted an arts. I never thought I wanted an arts career until it was probably about my last year of school. It's probably when, about when I started my job here at BYT and I was actually like, no, this is what I want to do. Cause I was always artsy, but I always thought I wanted it just as a hobby. Yeah. And I think it was when I started working that I was like, oh no, this is the role I want. Not this is the area of work I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah, which is amazing, which also might, for, for any young people listening, it might bust out, well, older people, it might just um, bust some myths about, um, about a career in the arts and that it is possible. 
Not enough to easy. Um, brilliant. So let, let's get back to the sort of some more of the heritage stuff. So I suppose I want to ask now, what what was the one lesson that you learned over the production that sort of stuck with you? Um, I think that coming together as a team is the most important thing, and actually, your one voice isn't always the best voice in the room. Because <laughs> um, and I think that came from. Um, devising a piece of theatre with all of your friends. Yeah. And I think um, it, it added a great dynamic because we all got on and we were all able to have fun with it. But then I think when it creating the ideas, a lot of, a lot of things clashed sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I just think that that, would, that comes anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I think it's how you work through that. And I think I learned a lot from that piece. Yeah, like negotiating when you're making pieces of theatre, for, sh- for sure. Paint me a visual picture of the set and your costume. Uh, the set was... So it was... We had a roster at the back of the stage uh, that was on... I think it was on two levels. What's a roster, just if you're not theatre literate? So a roster is what... Uh, like a raised platform. What people traditionally think is a bit of a ah, stage. Okay. Um, so I was at BYT. Um, just covers like the back quarter of the stage um, and, and goes across it lengthways. Um, so we had one of those at the back, which was raised over two levels. Um, and then the floor was painted um, in four like colour blocks, mm. um, which represented each of the four witches and their, their lands. Uh, so my costume, I was part of the, the purple group. Mm. Uh, so I, I wore um, <laughs> a purple checkered shirt, nice. which I think is still here somewhere. Really? I think so. Right, yeah. we're digging it out. Uh, it's going in the exhibition. And then I wore my mum's purple chinos. <laughs> Great! I love uh, it! With a, a purple bandana and my hair quiffed up with purple hairspray in it. So I look like um, an umpa just like thrown up all over me. <laughs> I absolutely love that because I think, you know, it's, it, it, it's, that's some of the stuff when you go see theatre that you just love, isn't it? And people who don't, you know, have always sort of love to come see theatre but might not do it behind the scenes you know like the costumes yeah. and the sets it's and so it exciting remember thinking where on earth am I going to get purple pants from and then my mum being absolutely fuming at me because I, I wore through the <laughs> knees because I had to there was one scene where I had to kneel up for more or less the whole thing and I wore out the knee, knees in the chinos oh, yeah. so she couldn't oh, wear them dear. anymore oh dear I, I love that story that's just fantastic um do you remember any of your lines and do you think you could deliver one for us maybe um the only one i remember is when dorothy goes through um the poppy field okay and i i said on her journey to oz with her newfound friends i love it let's have it a performance quality now though let's, let's do it remember the, right, remember okay. the choreographer <laughs> right okay i will I'll, I'll give i'll give a little audio description afterwards okay so three two one so we used to go on her journey to oz with her newfound friends yes and, and jake's holding his hand up just over his eyes as though peering over the horizon and he looked to his right and then his left absolutely wonderful um we absolutely love that um okay um did you have any revelations while making the show? Because this is the Reflections and Revelations podcast. Please subscribe on your <laughs> podcast channels if you're still here. Um, any revelations about BYT, about yourself, anything? Um, I think that it's okay to 
push yourself and that but also that there actually is a limit of what you can do sometimes because mm-hmm. um, like I say it was the first because our Christmas productions are way bigger than any other productions that we do and I think I didn't really understand that at the time I don't mm-hmm. think and I think even looking back now I think that it actually was a real big privilege and a big honour to be able to be part of that mm-hmm. and that actually it's okay to prioritise things you enjoy over the things that you have to do which was school at the time mm. and I think that as long as you're having them both in balance that that can be okay yeah how do you think BYT has changed from when you came at eight years old and mm-hmm. and now in 2022 I think the the quality of work that we do is probably the strongest it's been dare I say it, ever mm-hmm. <laughs> at the minute and I think like even work that I watch now, I feel really proud of the work that is being made. And I just think that BYT is always getting stronger and I think that's one thing it's really good at is taking what isn't working and improving it and mm-hmm. um, allowing the whole service to become better. That's so, that's so amazing, yeah. But then even looking back, a lot of things haven't changed in terms of what BYT stands for and um, the moral, really, that everyone should have the opportunity to access theatre and I think that's one thing that we are really good at and seeing how more more inclusive we can get each year is amazing. Yeah, how how interesting. Yeah, because the mission of BYT and it's obviously one of the reasons we're doing the podcast is to, to help people how, you know, how amazing we are and, and, and inclusiveness is just absolutely a pillar of it. So um, if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Don't try to oversell yourself and don't try to play a character because it's what you think other people will want mm. when you're not performing. I think just be yourself and it will all work out okay. Because <laughs> it, it does work out okay. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's an important thing for, for young people to hear. Like, you know, because I think when you... I think, I think as an adult, it's so easy to forget how hard it is to be, particularly a young person. What I mean by that is sort of from sort of 11, 12-ish to being... Eight, it's sort of, well, you're 19, but mm-hmm. to being 18, 19. And I think it's, I think it's really tricky. And, and that's what's so amazing about BYT. And, and why it's still here is because that's what the mission is to help people take the next step for sure i love it um okay um what would your dream role to play be in anything in anything you can do anything or that be what just anything you just dream of um i would have loved to have been hyde in jekyll and hyde and i that is that's something that's kind of new because i wasn't really familiar with the story until i directed it and yeah i think that is a role that i would love to do awesome i'll give you 10 million pounds what play do you put on at byt and why i would do a really traditional really down to the book version of romeo and juliet because we did so romeo and juliet was really the first production that i was it wasn't the first production i was in at byt it's probably about my seventh but it was the first one where it really like it was where i really loved it and it kind of catapulted my the rest of my time at byt and it was the first big role that I had um, and I just it's where I met most of the friends that I'm still friends with now and I just think 
it was when I look back at my highlights of BYT, I think Romeo and Juliet is the one that stands out. And um, I'd just love to redo it and be able to do it some justice. And obviously direct it myself. <laughs> yes, I love that. Yes, that's what we want. Chat, chat and big. Okay. What would you dream for BYT in the next 50 years? Yeah. Um, I think I would dream that BYT doesn't lose everything that it stands for and I don't think it ever would but also to have that opportunity to really be able to grow whether that be through more space whether it's um going going wider in terms of location because I really think the work that we do is one of a kind and, and really special and I think that a lot more people should be able to have access to it yeah, absolutely. I couldn't. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, for sure. Okay. Um, reflecting on being part of BYT, what would you want future generations to know about your time here? And I know. So I know that's very cerebral. Yeah. Sorry, it's cerebral. <laughs> I know that's very sort of, sort of wishy washy. But yeah. it's just. If we, if we, you know, this a podcast is, is a time capsule, mm-hmm. which is why we're doing it. It's an audio time capsule. And I'd just love to know your thoughts. I think about um, a lot around patience because um, it might feel like that you're not getting anywhere for a certain time if you're not necessarily getting a big role or you feel like you're not getting, in, not getting parts in shows and things. I just think that kind of waiting and working really hard and I do think I've got worked quite hard to get where I am yeah. and had, I've had to have had lots of patience for that. And I think that is it. And I think knowing that the staff here are looking out for you and are actually wanting the best for you, whether that, whether it might not feel like that, yeah. the staff are actually always looking out for the young people. Talking about that, do you consider anybody over your time here as a mentor or, or do you do you consider anybody or is there somebody who has been part of the staff team? Because obviously you've, you've chosen to go and, and do this yeah. sort of thing. And that's an incredible sort of living heritage of the organisation that you've chosen to dedicate your life to the art form. Yeah. Um, is there someone in particular who you'd just like to mention? Because obviously we might be able to interview them and mm. it would be lovely and yeah. create a kind of chain of people. Um, there's people who are still here now, um, people who have left I've, I've got a lot to thank for Aidan he was the one who kind of well he offered me my first role here he was my first manager here and so just still explain is my manager to listeners, now explain to listeners yeah. who Aidan is just if they don't know so Aidan is our finance and operations coordinator and um, not much more uh, behind the scenes uh, he actually started the same role that I did as front of house and just worked his way up as well um, wow. so yeah I have a lot to thank for Aidan um, for all of the management and um, Pip's taught me a lot um, just from knowing him because I know Pip personally and um, so knowing him personally and in a, a professional environment um, and then a couple of people that aren't here anymore yeah um, yeah please Jess Milne she was like the, the person I had as a workshop leader for a lot of the time and um, I think throughout the whole of my time at high school um, Jess Milne was my leader uh, and Amber Tither she was a real she was really good at focusing on your well-being and make sure you're always okay. And I think that always sticks because um, I don't think people mention a lot about how hard of a time high school can actually be. Mm-hmm. And I think Amber was always there to make sure we were all doing okay. I love that. I love that, Jake. And, and they're definitely people that we'll be chasing up for the podcast for sure, no doubt. Okay, so we're moving to the final bit of the interview now. So um, 
How does BYT at Burnley Youth Theatre fit into Burnley as a town and its history? How, to, uh, over your yeah. lifetime, I'm particularly yeah, interested yeah. in. I think um, the way that BYT is just... Because Burnley is a town that I think the dynamic of who lives here is so broad. And I think BYT is so good at fitting that all of the time. And I think that we offer not just the opportunities that we offer in-house, the things that we do with our outreach work, we offer something for everyone. And I think that's, that's good because not everyone likes theatre. Um, and I think it's given somewhere like Burnley, which isn't seen as a very rich place, isn't seen as a place that necessarily has masses of appeal. And I think giving the young people something that they can channel their energy to is really good. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's something, that's why the organisation, I think, is so special and, and still exists. I mean, it's, any, it's amazing anything lasts 50 years. Right, OK. Um, what's the question? This is the final question. What's the question you wished that I asked you about BYT's 50 years of heritage, years. thinking about reflections and revelations? Um... If there was anything I wish that I would that would have been different, like circumstance-wise, I think. Yeah, don't tell us. Because I think I wish that I would have probably, well, I always wish that I would have joined earlier, um, but kind of brought more of my out, like friends from schools and things in, because I think it is something that is really good, and I wish I'd have recognised that actually there are a lot of people that I know that would have benefited mm. from coming here that have missed out. Jake, thank <laughs> you so much for being our first person on the Reflections and Revelations podcast. And yeah, I'm, <laughs> I've got a feeling we might have you back to talk about some other things, maybe with some other people too. Yeah. But thank you so much, Jake. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Our People, Our Place, Our Future podcast, all about Burnley Youth Theatre. We'd love you to like and subscribe and share as widely as possible as we share the history of Burnley Youth Theatre.